Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Leviticus 1 through 4. Rabbit Trails The book of Leviticus was originally called Torah Kohanim by the Hebrews. This translates to priest teachings. Nowadays, Hebrews call this book Vayikra, which means now he called. Remember, most of the books of Scripture have Hebrew names that are basically the first few words of each book. For example, Genesis is called Bereshit, which means in the beginning. It might be a fun rabbit trail sometime for you to check out the Hebrew names of the books. An even more fun rabbit trail is to check out the actual names of all the key characters involved. Author. This book is believed to be authored by Moses. Check out Leviticus 4 verse 1, Leviticus 6 verse 1, Leviticus 8 verse 1, and Leviticus 11 verse 1. One more reminder, and I'll hush, but I think it's just neat to know that Levi is pronounced Levi. That'll keep it separate from the genes in conversations, at least. Sacrifices. We're about to read a lot about sacrifices, how they are to be made, when they are to be made, who is to make them, and what they are to be. I thought it might be helpful if I laid out the five types of offerings for you and a little bit of info on each. The types of offerings. The burnt offering, or olah. Um, this was a bull, see Leviticus 1.3, sheep or goat, Leviticus 1.10, or dove or pigeon, Leviticus 1.14. The grain offering, or minha, this is mostly cooked bread. It could be either baked, Leviticus 2.4, grilled, Leviticus 2.5, fried, Leviticus 2.7, <laughs> roasted and crushed, Leviticus 2.14. This is always seasoned, see Leviticus 2.13, and never contains leavening, again, Leviticus 2.13. We will see that leavening is synonymous for symbolizing sin throughout the world. Peace offering, or ziva or shalim, this is a thanksgiving offering. See Leviticus 7.12, free will offerings, Leviticus 7.16, and wave offerings, Leviticus 7.30. This offering can either be cattle, Leviticus 3.1, sheep, Leviticus 3.7, or goat, Leviticus 3.12. It must be without defect. Breads may also be included with this offering according to Leviticus 7.12. Now, depending on the type of offering, some may be given to the high priest to eat according to Leviticus 7.31. And the right thigh might be given to the priest overseeing the meal, Leviticus 3.2. The rest of the meal was to be eaten within one day, Leviticus 7.16, and the leftovers burned after two days. Leviticus 7.17. The sin offering, or hata. Now, please know that I'm pronouncing all of these things probably woefully wrong, but we're in this together, okay, y'all? This is considered the offering for unintentional sin, but can also be used for purification. See Leviticus 4.2-3 and Leviticus 4.20. It is a burnt offering according to Leviticus 4.25. And lastly, there is the guilt offering, or a sham. Sometimes this is called the trespass offering. This is to make amends for sin and usually had monetary value. See Leviticus 5.15 and Leviticus 
16. Now, there's an interesting point that many people don't realize, and that is that all of the sacrifices we will be reading about in Leviticus are for unintentional sin. There was no atonement available for intentional sin or high-handed sin, as it's often called, until the coming of our Messiah. Now, I want to clarify something. Did I just say that Yahweh would not forgive someone who committed an intentional sin? No, that's not what I said. It's fruitless to speculate on who is and who is not forgiven, or who does and who does not receive salvation. The privilege of granting forgiveness or salvation is one that is reserved solely for Yahweh. He gives these in His wisdom according to His will for His good purpose. Our job is to follow, not direct, the Creator of the universe. Y'all, Messiah did so much more than we can comprehend. The more we read now, the better we'll understand about that later. You can learn more about high-handed sin in Numbers 15, verses 28 through 31, and Hebrews 10, 26. Now, keep in mind that Hebrews was written after the time of Messiah here on earth, so that's definitely something to chew on. A system of grace. It has always been about grace, even the first sacrificial system. The sacrificial system was set up so that an animal died in place of the guilty party, just as Messiah died in place of us to atone for our sins so that we may turn from our own ways, turn to God's ways, and begin anew. This system we're reading about here is a foreshadow of Messiah, and yes, both are acts of grace. We need to recognize that and give proper credit to the Father for being this God of grace with us. The concept that the Old Testament God was a God of judgment and the New Testament God is a God of grace is defaming to Yahweh, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See Malachi 3.6. This teaching is the shadows of Marcionism still among us, and it is up to us to stop the continuation of this teaching that stands in contradiction to His Word and His character. While we're here, I want to remind us that the Father and Messiah never referred to or condoned referring to part of His Word as old. That was the title given to it by us. Know what Messiah and the Apostles called the part of the Bible we refer to as old? They called it Scripture. And during their time here on earth, this is all there was. The New Testament did not exist until about 400 years after Messiah ascended. This is what they lived by, studied, and taught from. The tribe of Levi is extremely important, as they are the ones ordained as priests for God's holy dwelling place. They were adopted away from the tribes of Israel to serve Him and are no longer counted among the tribes of Israel because they are in exclusive service to Yahweh. In fact, when we get to Ezra, we'll see the rebuilding of the temple and Ezra sending folks to find Levites to serve as priests. How cool is that? It's going to be neat reading future books of the Bible once you have the foundation down pat because so many details that we've overlooked in the past will suddenly come to the forefront as we understand the deeper meaning behind them. I'm thankful to be on this journey with y'all, and I want to thank each person reading this for going out of their way to build up and encourage the body of believers to diligently read the precious words of our Father. His Word is a gift, and I know that gift went unopened in my life for far too long. The more we encourage others, the more these gifts will be opened in homes around the world, and His light will shine even brighter through us. I love all you shiny people. Once we get to the Gospels, you are going to be so glad you stayed the course now. 
You'll never understand the New Testament until you understand the Old. Remember, reading the New Testament after you've built a foundational knowledge of Scripture is going to be like going from a black and white silent film to a color talkie. (laughs) Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.